Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. That's right. I'm back. Happy... What are we at now? Is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday already. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Started the program yesterday talking about how Joe Biden was on his way to Florida for some campaign events. I saw Caroline Levitt gave him a nice warm welcome to Trump country. And that is the way to describe most of Florida. Most of the counties in Florida are big Trump fans. They've got the Trump boat parades, the the MAGA MAGA parades, and I'm, I'm sure they welcome Joe with open arms. Now, today I see this. MAGA. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of mega, mega love in Florida. But today I see a headline, and I thought for a second it was from the Babylon Bee. And, and I know I say that a lot because things are very absurd right now. But even so, I see this headline about how Biden is visiting East Palestine, Ohio. The site of the train derailment, the horrible, horrible train derailment, to mark the one-year anniversary. He's going one year later. Who is coming up with these ideas? Like, I need to know. I need to know. Because we know it's not Joe Biden. He's too busy, you know, tweeting at Elmo. I know that Joe is not in charge of these wonderful new ideas that are coming out of his think tank. But I want to know, I want to be able to give somebody credit for ruining this campaign before it even begins. Like, there is someone, I used to joke around and say, oh, there's someone in the Kamala Harris camp. You know, she had like a revolving door of people in and out, in and out, in and out. She was firing people all the time. People were leaving. She wasn't even firing people. People were actually just saying, I can't do this anymore. Morale was low for a while. And when she would give these speeches, and it still happens now, she would get up and she would say the most ridiculous, nonsensical garbage. And I would think, is there a saboteur in Kamala Harris's orbit? Like, is someone trying, actively trying to make this woman look like an ass? And and guaranteed, I I should give her credit. She deserves credit for some of it because it's impressive how she can spin or whip up a word salad like I've never seen. But there were definitely times where I thought, there's there's a mole in there that's trying to destroy her. And now I'm wondering if the mole got promoted and is working for Joe Biden. Because who in their right mind would think this is a good idea? Let's send him to the site of the trail derailment train derailment that he couldn't be bothered to go to when it actually happened, but we'll send him there a year later. And you know the expression, oh, well, it's better late than never. I don't know. I don't know if that actually applies. It might be worse late than never. He might have been, in my mind at least, I think he's better off just never going. And if you disagree, we can have this debate, but here's my argument. 
Now when he goes, he's first of all, he's reminding all the people there that it's been a year and that he this is the first time he's showing up. We know he's going to get there and he's going to say something inappropriate. He's going to say something. He's going to tie himself into it in some way. Like oil slicks on the windshield or his son or he was raised in Ohio. Like if it, I don't know if he has Ohio roots, but we're about to find out. We are about to find out what they are. He's going to make this about himself. He's probably going to bring up the Amtrak. He's probably going to bring up how often he's on trains. He's probably going to find someone Joey, baby. whose hair he can sniff. Like the, the, the amount of ways this is going to go wrong, we know. We've seen it, that play out before. But it's just the fact that he wants to... Oh, and he's... Oh, I almost forgot. He's probably going to get heckled. And normally I would say he's going to get heckled by uh, pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas rioters or activists or whatever you want to call them. But in this case, he's going to just get heckled from people who are anti-Joe Biden. Like, he's going to get heckled from Trump supporters who are rightfully ticked off that it took this guy a year to figure out that he should go visit these people. And his administration says, well, he's going to mark the one-year anniversary. I understand the concept of marking anniversaries. I I really do. And this happens a lot with political leaders. You know, they'll go somewhere. There'll be a ceremony of sorts. They'll mark an anniversary. There'll be a moment of silence. They'll meet with families. The problem here is that when you're marking something and the damage is still ongoing, it feels like you're trying to, like, bookend it. Do you know what I mean? It feels like you're trying to put it, oh, okay, and now the end of the story. And we thank you all for joining us. Now, if I'm in East Palestine, I'm saying to myself, marking the anniversary, that, dude, this is still, this is very much a to-be-continued type of situation. When you mark something, it's like you're saying, okay, and now we check that off the list. And then there's also the the factor that we know he's going so that he can say he went. Because leading up to the election, he's going to get criticism. This is one of the things, one of the many catastrophes that have occurred under his nose, on his watch. And he was going to get criticism from Trump people from conservatives, that he never visited Ohio, that he never visited these people that were dealing with health issues, hazardous waste, the the subsequent spilling of all of these hazardous materials, and that he never bothered to go visit. And so he wants to be able to check that off his list. It's like the same thing when he went to the border and they cleaned up the entire the entire area that he visited so he could walk through for five minutes, take a couple photos, and then bounce. It's that everybody knows what this is. He's not fooling anyone. You're not like, oh, no, I don't think he's doing this to be political. I think he's going because he really cares. No, he wants to check it off the list. So that Republicans can't weaponize the fact that he's never been there. But I don't think this eliminates the weaponization. (laughs) I think it actually makes it even more obvious that this man does not care about the people in Ohio. Now, the reception he's going to get, that would be what I would be most nervous about if I was working for Joe Biden 
and I knew he was going to go on this, I would say, first of all, please do not bring up your son. Please do not make this about Bo. That's number one. Number two, do not make this about the oil slicks. Number three, don't say you were raised by trains. And number four, when you get heckled, not if, but when you get heckled, just just try your best to ignore it. But this has disaster written all over it. And I got to know who is the brains behind this operation? Like who, who's calling these shots? Who sat around and said, you know what would be a good idea? Is it KJP? She's the only person who I think could come up with an idea this bad. It's Corrine Jean-Pierre. Because I think even John Kirby, and I'm not a fan of John Kirby, but I have to imagine if he saw this, if this came across his desk, I can just see it. Can't you just see it now? You can just see him going, oh, God. Okay, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah, I, I can just, I can picture a lot of them with their heads in their hands going, what is this? Whose idea was this? But he's going. He's going. And I don't know if they have a hard hat that he can put on backwards or, you know, if he's going to wear boots like Pete Buttigieg, some fancy $400 boots when he goes to visit. But I don't think he's going to get the kind of reception he does in Nantucket when he's shopping with Dr. B. And he's buying like $16 smoothies and eating ice cream and buying cashmere sweaters, doing his Christmas shopping on the cobblestone streets. I don't think there's going to be crowds of people like, oh, my God, it's so Biden. Can we take a picture? No, I think it's going to be just a little a bit more of a chilly reception, in my opinion. Now, another huge story today, and this is really where I want to go uh, for this first hour and, and probably for more than the hour, because this is such an incredible story. The fallout from the decision to move illegal aliens from the Logan Terminal E at Logan to the Melnia Cass Recreational Complex in Roxbury continues. And Roxbury residents are speaking out about the situation because, get this, breaking news here at the Grease Curly Show, people in Roxbury think this is unfair. People in Roxbury, imagine American citizens, taxpayers, don't like the idea that their children aren't going to be able to use a facility that their tax dollars pay for so that instead it can be packed full of illegal aliens. Hmm. Now, some of the details of this are crazy. I was reading today from the Boston Herald, and we are going to get into all of it. Um, but I just want to read you one part right now, because Governor Mara Healy, and I was so glad the mailer manager caught this today. She was or yesterday, I think she was watching Channel 5 and Mara Healy's on there crying. And letting people know that, like, she's, she's getting emotional about this. She takes this very seriously. And she's saying it like it's our fault. She's crying. And she's, you know, I take this very seriously. And this means a lot to me. And I'm sitting here going, why are you yelling at me? It's not my idea. Why don't you yell at Joe Biden or yourself? Do you have a mirror you can yell at yourself in? But why are you acting like we all are partially responsible for this bleep show? We're not. So it says Healy's letter stated that on-site services at the Roxbury overflow site, it's, it's all euphemisms, the overflow site, it's going to be a migrant shelter. It's going to be a tent city. It's going to be a disaster, but they're calling it an overflow site. will include 24-7 staffing. 
to oversee day-to-day operations and engagement with families, including three meals a day, case management focused on identifying stable housing, around-the-clock security, laundry services, school enrollment for children, and transportation to the complex from family welcome centers, as well as medical, immigration, and court appointments. The Healy administration also plans to provide legal assistance for work authorizations and support to identify potential employment, medical resources, and help for benefits enrollments for the migrant families. Now, this is how out of touch Maura Healy is. She thinks that this letter makes her look good. This reminds me of when Joe Biden goes around in his campaigning and he brags about how much money his administration has spent. He spent $300 billion on vehicle charges. And he thinks that like, that's going to impress us. Oh, good. I'm glad you're spending so much of my money on this crap. This is what she's doing. She's putting it in a letter. We're giving three, three meals a day and laundry service and legal service and medical resources. And meanwhile, your kid can't practice with his track team because, you know, we need to use that facility for all these wonderful things we're doing for people who aren't paying taxes. It's not. It is the fact that they're doing this in general, but it's also the fact that they can't understand why people are mad. They can't understand why this infuriates people in Roxbury. And Howie brought up a great point yesterday, which I, I forgot about. But a lot of those young people in Roxbury, the young kids in Roxbury, they already got screwed over with that football field because it was full of needles from Mass and Cass, so they couldn't practice there anymore. I think Ernie Bach actually came in and saved the day on that one. But now, now it's this. Now this is the next thing. And the elephant in the room that none of these elected officials like Maura Healy or Mayor Wu, who just keep pointing back and forth at each other, blaming one another... The elephant in the room when they say, you know, and we don't have the infrastructure and we're trying our best and, and they're yelling at you about it and we're trying our best and it's very hard, it's very emotional and we're trying our best. The elephant in the room is that they can't acknowledge is Joe Biden, that this is the result of all of his policies and his open border. And when they say, oh, we don't have the infrastructure here in Boston or we don't have the infrastructure in Roxbury or we don't have the other elephant in the room is we don't have the infrastructure in this country to welcome in a surge of, of unvetted people. That's what we don't have the infrastructure for. That's what nobody wants to say. 844-500-4242. I see you on the lines. We're going to take all your calls. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com. Jared Diglio is on the board. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is, is Joe Biden's visit to East Palestine a good idea? No, and I I just, I can't believe that anyone in this White House thinks it is a good idea. They they really must just want to check off. And let me read this to you, Jared, before you give us the results. This is from Breitbart. It says, Biden was heavily criticized at the time of the incident for never visiting the community in the weeks and months that followed the disaster. So he goes a year later? 
like the weeks and the months that garnered enough criticism so he waited a full year to finally address it make that one make sense no i don't think it's a good idea i think it opens up it opens him up for so much criticism from people and think about that. Trump must be just like licking his chops at the thought of this. Think about the residents in East Palestine heckling Joe Biden or confronting him. He's going to have, you know how he deals with the confrontation? Especially now. He's already so upset that people are blaming him from the border. He's looking at them going, I did everything I can. You know, I, I've tried everything. If he goes face to face with people in East Palestine and he starts calling them fat or starts telling him to back off, or like it's not his fault, or, you know, that's not true. Check the polls, Jack. How's that going to play? So no, it's it's a horrible, horrible idea. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. 86% of the audience says, no, it's not a good idea. All right. So the, for the people who think this is a good idea, explain why. Call up. I want to know because there's it, it's it's uh, definitely a case that can be made, I guess. 844-500-4242. Let's go to Mr. Garcia. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Mr. Garcia. Hey, how you going? What's up? I want to ask you a question. If, uh, when Trump went in 2024 and deport those people back to the country, I want to know... If the parent had anchor baby, going to be tough to deport them? If he had many anchor baby, I'm very afraid. I don't think anyone, uh, if I'm, here's something I've been wondering, Mr. Garcia, is because now we're we're talking about a lot of times this, this border bill that Ted Cruz called a stinking pile of crap. And that most Republicans at this point are saying is just DOA. It's, it's not going anywhere. Um, but it talked about how, oh, we'll, we'll let like 5,000 people in a day instead of however many. And I don't know if that was the exact thing. But it, they were, they were instead of saying, oh, we're going to stop letting people in, they're basically saying, well, we're only going to let X amount of people in. And the reason I bring that up is because I, and maybe I'm just being negative here, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe Trump can really change the game when he gets in. But I don't think anybody who's already here is going anywhere. Like that's the sense I'm getting. Uh, I it, I just don't think it's. I would be happy right now if they just stopped the flow and like shut off the spigot. I'm not under the illusion that we're going to start getting people who are here illegally out of this country. I am I wrong on that? I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope people call up and go, "Oh my God, of course we're going to," but I just I just don't see it. I would be happy just stopping the flow for right now. We'll be right back. We'll take more of your calls. Thank you, Mr. Garcia. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Mark Zuckerberg is testifying right now in a congressional hearing, and I just saw Ted Cruz talking to him, and and there are a lot of people just giving him, giving him the, uh, they're, they're giving him a good, 
line of questioning here about social media and what Meta and all these companies are doing to protect kids. And this has nothing to do with that, what I'm about to say. It looks like he has a new hairdo, and I'm not being mean or anything, but something I just thought of. His hair looks a little bit longer. It almost, to me, looks a little bit Rand Paul-esque. And something I just thought of, Jared, is it's very hard. And I'm not saying it looks good or bad, because I don't, I don't want to get into that, and, you know, it, it's fine. But it's hard for guys to change their hair later in life. Do you know what I mean? Without making it a thing. Like girls can, I could change my hair all the time. I have changed my hair. And oftentimes nobody in this office even notices. But if you came in, Jared, with curly hair one day, I would be like, oh, Jared's going through it. Like Jared, something's going on. Like we need to have a conversation. Yeah, unless you have the naturally curly hair, it's it's never. And maybe he does, and he's just been emulated. Maybe he's just been keeping it short this whole time. But here's the part that surprises me: nobody else is really talking about it on social media. One person did say, "Why does his hair look like Rand Paul's hair?" But one person. I mean, usually these things pick up more steam. Am I just mean? Like, why am I the only one who noticed it? The new model Android has realistic hair, Grace. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I'm just curious if anyone else picked up on that. Uh, We're talking about illegal immigration. We have sound from Maura Healy, crocodile tears. She wants to let everyone know that she's she's very upset about the fact that she's moving all these illegal aliens from Logan into the recreation center in Roxbury. Not upset enough to move them into the recreation center in Arlington, but upset enough to cry about it on TV. We will get to that in a second. But Mr. Garcia was bringing up this question about deporting people. And I said, you know, I I don't think, because when you just look at the sheer numbers and that 5,000, by the way, that I had mentioned, I wasn't off base there. I knew I had heard that somewhere. And it is true that this bill that they had come out with talked about 5,000 illegal crossings a day. And this is uh, Lankford. It says, he said on Fox, they're still waiting to be able to read the bill on this. And this has been our great challenge of being able to fight through the final words to be able to get the bill text out so our people can hear it. He said, right now there's internet rumors is all the people are running on. It would be absolutely absurd for me to agree to 5,000 people a day. This bill focuses on getting us to zero illegal crossings a day. There's no amnesty. Now that's what Lankford said, but Lankford is kind of on his own on this. There's there doesn't seem to be a lot of other Republicans standing by and um, on board with this bill. And I whenever there's a rumor that gets out there, I wonder how like why why did that suddenly pick up steam or 5000 people a day? But that is the rumor I heard. And I remember thinking 5000 people a day and that's like our compromise. How about zero? Why don't we shoot for the stars? Why don't we shoot for the moon and land amongst the stars and go for zero? But Mr. Garcia had said this question about deporting people. And I'm being totally honest. I think that the goal should be just stopping the flow. Um, I don't think that we're going to be able to deport everyone who's crossed into this country illegally. But I will say this. I think if Trump becomes president, we should all be hoping that he does. Because even if you hate the guy... I do not see a scenario where this country can keep going at this pace for much longer. But if Trump does become president, I could see a situation where it's like a one strike rule. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to be going around because that's what the media would love to tell you. He's going to go around and round people up and he's going to be deporting. I think if you're in this country and you're 
not causing any sort of problem, you're probably going to be okay. I do think if you have a situation like we had in New York last night where you have a gang of illegal aliens beating up police officers, and I think four of them are already out today, they're already out of jail this morning, I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of that. I think it's going to be a one-strike-you're-out type situation. So I think if Trump is president and you have situations like that one, like we saw in New York, then there will be deportations. And I know he said that on, you know, he's going to deport all of them when he gets back in office. But logistically, the numbers we're talking about, other than, I don't know, deputizing the National Guard to do this or activating or I, I just I don't see how the, the physically how it's possible to deport all of these people that are here. Unless I mean, unless the the phones are tracking them or something, and you know exactly where they are, but that's no, even that's far fetched. Well, even if you look at the number of gotaways, it's staggering how many gotaways there are, and those are people we have no idea where they are in this country. So right there, you have an issue. But it's really just the shift, Jared, in messaging to these other countries, where the shift goes from we are incentivizing people to come here because you're going to get three meals a day, you're going to get legal advice, medical resources, you're going to be put up at the Roxbury Melnie. Cast a recreational center, you're going to get everything you could possibly need for as long as you want, versus, versus, do not come here because you will be sent back and you have to go through the proper channels. That's a very different message. And that is important. It is important um, that we stop incentivizing this. And that's what the Biden administration has done. 844-500-4242. With that being said, I want to get more into this Roxbury story, and I want to play Governor Maura Healey because she was on television yesterday. She was talking to WCVB, and this is what she had to say for herself. Cut one. I get emotional, guys, okay? Because I'm committed to this. Little kids need to be able to breathe clean air. They need to be able to access swimming pools. They need to have lifeguards there who are going to teach them how to swim. And they need to have activities. I don't know what we're going to do for a couple, three months. I'll call universities. I'll call other places. Who is this for now? Like this, this violin sob story. You're just trying to show me that you're like a nicer. I'm so sick of that routine, by the way. That I'm the big meanie. Like, that's that's just something that's not having the effect that it once did. This whole idea of I'm so heartless, I'm so mean, because I, uh... Well, guess what? We're, we're both thinking the same thing. She's thinking, this is untenable. I'm thinking, this is untenable. The only difference is that she's trying to save face by crying about it on TV in hopes that people are going to go, well, she doesn't have any good ideas and she's kicking all the young kids out of this recreational center in Roxbury so they can't really join the track team anymore because they have nowhere to practice, but she feels bad about it. Does that make it better? It's her job to be able to figure this out And going on television and, you know, working up the crocodile tears, I don't think is a is anything to be proud of. I think it's actually pathetic, to be quite honest. I mean, I've never been a governor, so I can't say I've been in those shoes. But it seems to me that if you're concerned that the children won't be able to use this recreation center, there's a simple solution here. Let the children use the recreation center and don't house these people there. Figure something else out. It's crazy. Whether it be sending them back, 
sending them to more hotels, whatever it is, terrible ideas anyway. But if this is the breaking point, don't send them there. Then you don't have to worry about it. The kids can use it. Yeah. And, this- and I'm sure those facilities are up to snuff, by the way. Like, I'm sure they're not run down in any way. They couldn't use some updating either, you know? Well, the other problem, too, is that whether you're talking to Maura Healy or Mayor Wu or Eric Adams or Brandon Johnson, they all keep focusing on, like, the resources. We need more resources. You know, we don't have the infrastructure. We need more money. The last thing that you need is more money, okay? You've had plenty of money and we're in this situation and it's not getting any better. So stop stop with the, you know, having your hand out. Please just give us more money as if that's going to fix the problem. More money is going to make this problem worse. And furthermore, I want to read you this is from uh Louis Alisa. He's the past regional director of the of FEMA. And this was a quote he said to the Herald. I'm in support of housing those migrants, but not at that facility. By the way, that's another thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know I'm getting heated. I'm getting heated already. But that's another thing that I really don't like is this whole thing of I'm in support of housing the migrants, but well, isn't that convenient for you? And you know what everyone's everyone's line is? I'm in support of housing the migrants, but not here. Oh, okay. Well, that's a problem then, isn't it? What if I said that? I'm in support of housing the migrants, but not in Milton, Massachusetts. I'm in support of housing the migrants. And you realize before this, it was, I'm in support of this, but not in Massachusetts. Let's just house them in the border towns in Texas. Well, no, you've got to operate like it's going to be right in your backyard. So I'm sick of hearing, like, I'm in support of this, but dot, dot, dot. There's no buts here. There's no more. We have no more time for buts. We got to figure it out. That's very nice for you that you're in support of it. It's like a cop-out, Jared. It's a way of saying, but I'm still on the right team. I I still have a big heart. I'm still very compassionate. I care. I cry. But I don't want to deal with it. Well, if you care and you cry and you feel the pain, then I'm sorry, but this is what's going to have to happen. Because otherwise, I don't really get how you think this is going to work. Like, oh, I'm in support of housing the migrants, but I don't want this to happen in in my rec center. And by the way, I don't blame people in Roxbury at all. I'm 100% with them. But you have to acknowledge the fact that how you're feeling is how every community in this country is going to feel at some point. Like, show me the community that goes... You know, I really think that my kids should take a backseat and we should bring in all these migrants and they should use up all the resources. I'm actually okay with that. If you show me that community, then good. Can we get a show of hands? Because I I think a lot of people are fine with it happening in other places. I mean, I know it's NIMBY. I know we've all heard of this before, but it's amazing to see it play out in real time. And that people talk like this and they don't even realize what they're saying. You are saying not in my backyard. And I'm not calling out this person from FEMA because I, I, if you actually read the whole statement, that's not what he was trying to say. But this is the overall theme from Democrats. It's like, I'm in support of this. I'm really nice. But I don't think this is a good idea. Hmm. Well, hmm. I, I don't know what to tell you.
So this is the rest of the quote. I'm in support of housing those migrants, but not at that facility, Elisa told the Herald. This has not been thought through. And I did hear that they had like a conversation, a listening conversation or something yesterday. So it's it's not even like they're pretending that they're giving these communities any say in this whatsoever. Like, oh, do you guys do you guys like this? Oh, you don't? Okay, well, it's happening tomorrow. So get, get used to it. You've got 24 hours to really let it marinate in your head before it happens. This has not been thought through. This is not the best spot. You're going to stuff up to 380 to 400 people in the cast with four bathroom stalls. That's not intelligent. There are alternatives that would work a lot better. Four bathroom stalls. What could possibly go wrong? 844-500-4242. We'll take your calls on this when we come back. But I just, it's, it's the butt that always gets you. I'm in support of this, but. I got news for you. You might not even realize it yet. You're not in support of this. If that's how your sentence goes, you're probably deep down not in support of this. You haven't figured it out yet, but you will. You will slowly but surely. Nasa Beach Inn just opened reservations for winter getaways. Jared, you stayed at the Nasa Beach Inn. You loved it. And it was right around this time of year, the perfect time to go. I know a lot of people don't think Cape Cod in the off season, but it's actually, it's my favorite season to visit the Cape. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the crowds. You don't really have to worry about traffic too much. Um, you can walk along the beach and not be bumping into people, which is great because at Nasa Beach Inn, you're literally steps from the beach. You can walk your dog along the beach because they're, pre- uh, they're pet friendly, so you can bring your best friend along with you. When I was down there, it was one of the most tranquil places that I've ever been. And it's super cozy because each room has a fireplace and a big picture window that you can look out. You can see the ocean. You can just take in the the beautiful views that are down there. And if you want to sit outside, even if it's a little chilly, they have fire pits that you can sit at. My wife and I, we love sitting at the fire pits, drinking our morning coffee, watching the sunrise. It's it's a fantastic place to go. And the value is unlike anything you're going to get anywhere. Yes, don't delay because these rooms go fast, and it makes sense why they go fast. It's under $200 for a room on Cape Cod at the Nasa Beach Inn. I mean, this is not something you hear about every day. Nasa Beach Inn is pet-friendly. It has a view from every room, and the check-in is contactless. It's a great place to stay during school vacation weeks. So to reserve your Ocean View room, just go to nasabeachin.com. That's nasabeachin.com. Another another element of the Morahili cut that I want to get into is the crying factor because it reeks of someone who is overwhelmed and not good at their job and I know it's supposed to be like a get out of jail free card oh she's crying so maybe she doesn't think that people are going to criticize her because she's crying about it but no that doesn't work it hasn't worked for me at jobs before yeah, I've cried. I've tried it. I've, I've tried it a couple times. Doesn't work. Like it doesn't. It doesn't mean that people can't be mad at you because you're crying. And also, it doesn't mean you care more. Like, oh, I- I'm crying, and she's saying it. Come on, guys. I'm really upset. I'm crying. I, this means a lot to me. So, oh, so it's our fault. Is it's our fault? I I want to cry. I don't have. I, I'm not crying because I have a little bit more discipline. I guess. But I'm sure there's a lot of people who want to cry about this. 844-500-4242. A lot of people in Roxbury want to cry about it. A lot of the kids who can't go to their, you know, their track practices probably want to cry. I don't think you should be crying, Maura Healy. 
844-500-4242. We'll take your calls when we come back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I was just thinking, at one point, Bill Maher did a monologue, and he was talking about how masks were being used as kind of like a way to ward off evil. It was a way, it was a symbol to show people, oh, no, see, I'm a believer. Uh, Don't come after me. Uh, I'm following the rules. And that's what I think of when I hear people saying, I'm in support of housing the migrants, but dot, 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 insert reason why it shouldn't be happening in my backyard. It's like they want to make sure that they send out the symbol or, or they send out the message to the mob. I'm one of the good ones. I have a hate has no home here sign on my front lawn. So let me preface what I'm about to say with the fact that you don't have to come after me, that I'm a bleeding heart liberal and I'm a good person and I'm not a Trump supporter. Because now they don't have the masks on, so they need to... called them amulets. Thank you. Taylor tells us. Thank you. I always forget that. But I I would say this is kind of, in a weird way, it's a different version of that. Let's go to Anthony. You're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Anthony. I hope all the residents of this state and all the other states who have houses who tried to pull permits to put an in-law apartment in, the town says you didn't have enough frontage or you need more than one bathroom. All these rules for these building codes are all thrown to the side. And when the state needs to stuff 400 people into a building with four bathrooms, it's okay. But when I go get an in-law apartment, to put a permit for my house, I can't get it because I don't meet the frontage of the road or I don't meet the gallons permitted in my septic system. It's unbelievable. And how come in Roxbury? What's wrong with Wellesley and Newton and Brookline? These people in Roxbury should be sitting there with pitchforks and torches. I would stop this in its tracks. Well, they've they've voiced their opinion. They've said, you know, this is not fair. You know, why us? Why isn't this happening in the rich communities? But I I think they know that, unfortunately, they don't have much say. It's going to happen either way. And it's wrong, Anthony. And your your first point about all the rules and the hoops you have to jump through to get anything done to your house in this state Dead on, 100%. You're, you're so on the money. And, and something else I want to point out, and we can talk more about this later, but Anthony just made me think about this. How about the fact that now they're saying about this rec center in Roxbury, the Melnia Cass Recreational Center, well, we're going to keep trying to have the activities going on at the same time. We're going to make, we're going to try, or we're going to, they're, they're going to put them in other places. Like they're going to put these extracurricular activities in other recreational centers around the state. Does anyone buy that? 